Welcome to the Gambit Podcast. I'm SoloBase15, and I am here alone. Uh, our dear friend Zareth is on vacation this week, so what we're going to do is a little unique. I'm going to talk to you for a little bit about relics. Uh, it's the hot topic. Everybody wants to know who to give their relics to, why they're giving their relics, or what strategy to use, because least resources are limited. And then after I'm done talking, Zareth is going to record a spot on his own where he talks about relics. Um, and we're going to see how much we disagree without actually disagreeing. Hopefully you learn a little something from this. After Zareth is done talking about relics, there's going to be a special guest star. And then next week we are going to be back to our normally scheduled programming. So, with that said... Um, the one thing I want you to think about when you're looking to gear up and give relics to your individuals is these are limited resources. Uh, I know we have 6,000 of some of these pieces of gear, so it feels like you can just add relics for the rest of uh, the game. But what you're going to notice is if you add too many relics, you're going to start running out of gear in two to three months. And then as the meta switches, instead of gearing up tunes, you're going to be farming for relics. And we don't want to do that. So my strategy for relics is kind of based around that idea. It's being ready for what's coming next because we know something is coming re next. So what I did with my tunes is... I gave all of my G13s Relic Level 1. Relic, Relic Level 1 is fairly easy to get. It doesn't give a huge boost, but you are giving your tune a small boost compared to other G13s. And that should help you in your Grand Arena. At least give you a little bit of survivability, a little more offense. Maybe it just makes your fights a little faster, or it makes it a little harder for your opponent to finish with full protection because at the end of the day that's really what we're going for um from there i started working on tunes one by one to get them to relic level four and that's because relic level four is really the last level before you need to start giving serious gear to get your relics up so that also includes my arena team now through plenty of testing aka my daily grind my Relic Level 4 team is beating full Relic Level 7 teams. And we know that this meta is going to change at some point. It's who knows when. Uh, it's going to change. So if I'm already beating the Relic Level 7 teams, why invest more? I'm just The answer is I'm not going to. So Relic Level 4 on the Sith Empire team is really all you need. And it's where I stopped. Definitely give your arena team relics, um, but don't overinvest because something is coming. Granted, I've been saying this and Zareth has been saying it for the past month because we all expect the legendary panic farm to come tomorrow, and yet tomorrow always comes and <laughs> we're still using Darth Revan in arena. But don't waste your resources. And one of these reasons them saying don't waste your resources is because it's going to be hard to get relic level seven tunes i can tell you now i've either been fortunate or unfortunate where all i get in sith raid rewards are laptops for some reason um and that's been great because every tune literally on my roster that needs a laptop has one right now for the g12 plus piece but even with all the laptops I get, I can only give five tunes total Relic Level 7. And I can tell you that uh, that's going to be done to my next arena meta. So you look at my roster right now, you will not see a Relic Level 7. Uh, we have the General Kenobi ship that recently came out and... I'm a little afraid that I'm going to have to get Anakin up to Relic Level 7. It's not a bad thing. Anakin's fantastic Relic Level 7. Uh, his 
R7 is getting a lot of people first in Arena much more easy. And so this isn't going to be a bad thing. Uh, the way I'm using Padme right now, though, versus Night Sisters, really doesn't need a Relic Level 7 Anakin. So the fact that one of my five easy R7 gears is going to be used with Anakin's a little disappointing. Um, from there, it, the next four Relic 7 levels are just going to go to whatever ground arena team comes next. Uh, I'm hoping it's clones. Who knows? It might be clones plus Anakin and some legendary that we don't have yet. We're already seeing those clone Anakin teams coming in arena. Um, but this is a Grand Arena podcast, so let's focus on the Grand Arena. I figured the way to do this easily is to go through who I've brought up so far, why I've brought them up, because obviously I'm thinking that these are some of the better Relic levels, and if I'm bringing them up, maybe you can think about bringing yours up as well. So, other than the Arena team, my next R4 that got brought up was actually Jolie. The reason for this is so many people are getting a R7 General Grievous and sticking him on defense, and it's a legitimately tough team. Uh, it doesn't matter which team Grievous uses, there's a chance that people are going to die when you're facing an R7 Grievous. So, my first inclination was, how do I change those fights? How do I put them into my favor? And the answer is, Jolie's going to revive them. And if you want Jolie to be able to revive your team, when you're going up against an R7 Grievous, you have to give him survivability. And what R4 does for Jolie is bring him up to a combined, or at least mine, up to a combined 110 uh, health and protection. Specifically, his health is all the way up to 86,000. And also, his armor level is going to increase as well, thanks to being leveled up with relics. And I've got my Jolie up to 55% uh, armor now. So it was already a pain to take down, thanks to his crit chance immunity that he has as a part of his kit. And now you're increasing his armor every relic level as well. And it's it's just going to make him harder to kill. So, number one after Arena for me was Jolie. After that, I really started thinking about offense in Grand Arena. And we're going to see all these relics showing up on defense in Grand Arena when you think about who people are applying these relics to. And so, how am I going to combat that? Well, the answer is going to be the CLS Trio. Uh, one of our first podcasts, we talked about how the CLS Trio gets me about 62 banners every time, gives me an undersized win every time, and that's, you know, the common feat that you see in every Grand Arena so far has been undersized wins. So, this CLS team is my best avenue to do that. It's my best avenue to max my banners. If my opponent's defense is going up, if my opponent's offense is going up, I need to keep pace with them. So my next two R4s uh, were actually Chewy and uh, just Raid Han. I haven't done CLS yet because, frankly, he doesn't need it at this point. Um, what Relics are doing for Chewy, at least is just giving him these gaudy, gaudy offensive numbers. Right now, at Relic Level 4, my Chewie's at 8,500 physical damage. I know if I ever get him to R7, and I probably will just for the fun of it, because he hits hard, and he hits so often with all of his assists, uh, he's going to get up over 10,000 and probably close to 11,000 physical damage, and opponents just can't withstand that. Um, I've been using this CLS trio against First Order or, uh, or uh, the old Republic teams, and both Zalbar and KRU just melt 
whenever Chewie keeps assisting. So, along with Chewie, you have to get his friend, Raid Han. That I did as well. Now, I'm using a, a crit damage set on Raid Han just because not only are relics bringing up offensive levels, health levels, but they're also bringing up crit chance levels. So, with an R4 uh, Raid Han, his crit chance, the base, is over 70%. It's about 75%. Plus then, you, I have a crit chance set on him. And so, my crit chance on Raid Han is 85%. And that's really what you want coming from Raid Han. You, you want those crits because his crit damage is up around 228%. Because the relics are also in, increasing his crit damage. So, with those two, eventually I'll get to CLS and I'll get him up. But you just, I didn't see a need at this point. So from there, I went for, it's both a Grand Arena team and a Territory Battle team. I went with my Geo Brute Alpha. You know, I want Watt Shards, so it makes sense. But also, last Grand Arena, I went up against two Relic uh, Geo teams. And I beat them. But I'm finishing those battles with 48 or 50 banners, and they're difficult. So, Brood Alpha, at Relic Level 4, he's at about 170 uh, combined health and protection. And he's sharing that health with his unique, with the whole pool. So, getting Brood Alpha up, it's going to increase the survivability of your Geos as well which is gives Spy more time to use his special on the opposing Treya or Scion or Nihilus, which is really what you want. You know, I've got his damage up over 5,000 as well, and he's sharing that damage with Brute when he's summoned. So giving Brute Alpha the... R4 is really, it's a two-for-one. It's kind of a no-brainer. Not only are you relic uh Brute Alpha up, but you're also giving Brute his relic levels as well. Now, from there, I went to the droid team because everybody else is getting up General Grievous, and they're doing it because it just makes him a monster. Uh, so Grievous is my R4. I'm not using a health arrow like other people are because I still have some speed on him. Though my speed arrow is giving 7% health and that's actually why I'm using it because um, it's giving so much health already anyway. But at R4, I still have him up over 120,000 health. And that's with using the crit damage triangle because you really do want the crit damage on him. If you look at the numbers between a health triangle or a crit damage triangle, you're going to find the crit damage triangle is going to be your best bet because um, it just makes him hit so much harder. Now, going along with Grievous, and I actually think this relic is better than the Grievous one, is B1. And it's I think it's better than the Grievous one because of how hard B1 starts to hit. And he's going every time a Separatist is taking a turn. And so he is constantly using his AoE. And at Relic Level 4, using a speed set, not an offense set, my B1 is hitting for 7,500 physical damage. Now, he's not critting because he can't on that basic. But he's hitting harder than a non-relic level B1 would be. And that's what you want because this Grievous team, where they're so strong and why they are so good on defense is because of how many banners they're going to take. <clears throat> if you hit them hard enough, which this B1 is going to start doing at relic level 4, you're going to steal a ton of protection. So even a lot of these teams that recover protection... They're going to have a hard time recovering that much protection because you're just hitting them that hard every turn. Now, from there, 
Um, I went to R2. And R2 is a fantastic tune to give relics to. Um, I use my R2 with JTR basically almost exclusively. And as you know, R2 shares his stats. So by giving R2 relic levels... I'm increasing the stats of the rest of that JTR team. And they're my primary Django nest killers. So I want them to be able to survive and hit hard. And getting R2 up and letting him share those stats, that's really just really going to help that entire team. Uh, especially because the Django teams, they use Dengar, who is going to prevent... R2 from giving smokescreen to the rest of the team, which means your scavenger Ray or whoever you're using as that primary damage dealer, whether it's Ray or uh, Resistance Trooper, they're going to have a hard time uh, when they're not stealth because the AI finds a way to target them. So giving them a little extra health with R2, giving them a little extra survivability, and letting them hit a little harder. Uh, it's going to help the entire team. So, from R2, uh, we went to Jedi Knight Anakin. And that is, well, it's two reasons. One is what I talked about at the start. You know, I, I went with Anakin. One of the reasons is... There's one guy in my fleet shard that already has the R7 Anakin. It was done specifically for fleets. He and I were the first ones to break out the negotiator in our shard. Uh, and it's an arms race. So gotta keep up. So now my Anakin's up to R4. Uh, he's gonna hit hard. He's going to clear out now all these, uh, you know, the Night Sister teams that we're using Padme against and he's up over 6,000 physical damage. His crit chance scary is around 70% as well. So he's hitting hard and he's going to hit even harder with the crits. Now from there, I'm going with fives and this, this is based on the same mentality of R2, you know, in grand arena, you don't want to lose tunes. You don't want to lose tunes because of the banners. Uh, but if you lose fives, which is a possibility, he's going to be sharing his stats. Uh, and that is the max health, max protection, speed, and offense. He's going to be sharing them with the other clones. And so giving him ways to increase his health, protection, and offense is just going to help the rest of your clone team because if you start to go downhill and you lose somebody and five sacrifices himself it could be a game changer based on all the stats he shares uh so you want to increase his stats that way if something goes wrong you can increase the rest of your team's stats so that's my list of my R4 so far. That's why I've given them. I've now talked for about 19 minutes, so you've probably heard enough. If you want a general game plan of where I'm going next, assuming that the next meta isn't released this week, which, you know, let's hope it is because we've seen enough for everyone out in that arena. Uh, the relic levels going next are going to be probably uh, to Imperial Troopers. And that's so I can take Padme off of fighting Night Sister teams and start applying them to other more difficult teams. You know, this is kind of like Zareth and I's Ewok experiment of it's kind of this fringe team. Let's hope it actually helps. We'll see. But you know, Snowtrooper is like all these other offensive stars with relic levels. They are going to hit hard. 
and Snowtrooper is going to hit hard, and if he keeps getting these AoEs um, with that protection gain, it should only mean good things. You know, my Padme is averaging 58 banners against Night Sisters, which is fantastic against the Night Sister team. It can be better. Um, you know, let's average 60. Two points can be all the difference in the world. So with that, there's our discussion on, or at least my discussion, on why I chose the relic levels I did. Uh, it's talking about a little bit of where I'm going to go next. You know, we have this Grand Arena coming up. Zareth and I like to talk about what we did to prepare for Grand Arena. And now you know, the past week has basically been spent on gearing up troopers. I already got Stark to G13. I'm hoping before the GA or the GA lock, uh, Snowtrooper is going to be at G13. And then from there, we're going to go with Death Trooper and Range, uh, probably in that order. Mainly because Death Trooper only needs one more piece and Range needs three. Uh, Veers, uh, we'll see if we need him. I kind of like the completionist aspect of it, so he'll probably get a relic level. I don't know if he's going to get G13 before some of my other tunes that probably deserve it as well, because certainly no uh, Night Sister Spirit is just begging for me to give G13 and get some relics on her as well. So... Thank you all for joining us. Hopefully you lasted with me just talking for 22 minutes now. Uh, and just remember, Zareth is very smart. He knows what he's talking about, but Solo is, ever, is always right. So thank you, everyone. Have a good week. Hello, everyone. My name is Zareth, and welcome to my segment of this podcast. Now, Solo is always right, but in this case, he was fed faulty information by myself. My sister is not going to be joining me on this podcast, uh, despite her deceitful rhetoric to the contrary. She had said she was going to join us. She uh, is the person that I'm visiting and the person who is in some ways necessitating this format for this podcast. And she wanted to join me. She's got aspirations to being on a podcast. She's really funny. And I'm sorry to say that you're stuck with just me in this segment. So uh, we're just going to make it as good as we can. And uh, that's probably good because you're probably interested in Grand Arena things. And she knows nothing about Grand Arena at all. Like not even that Grand Arena exists. So it's going to be a more technical piece of it, I suppose. Um, now, one thing that I'm going to say up front, I have no idea what Solo said in his segment, and uh, it should be interesting to see what kind of things we talk about. We're going to be both talking about Relic strategy and uh, just kind of our approach to it, because Relics seem to be the big topic lately. We don't even have any new characters, really. Uh, we have Watt, but he's been around for a while now. Um, so that's going to be the majority of this segment. Um, I'm also going to talk a little bit about things that I have done in Grand Arena, uh, or rather with my roster in order to get ready for Grand Arena, and uh, kind of my approach to this next round. And then finally, there's uh, something that Solo was neglectful of, and that is answering uh, the question that we had from Discord. So I'll talk about that probably last. Okay, so first off, let's start talking a little bit about my uh, progress for the upcoming Grand Arena Championships, which I believe that as of the time of my recording, we're going to be able to start registering it for it uh, next week. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, maybe for the next round um, <laughs> next week, but for this week, uh, we should be able to register tomorrow. So it's going to be relatively soon. I'm excited for it. And probably the biggest focus for me lately has really been trying to get my troopers up to snuff. Um, if you've been following on my YouTube channel at all, I have been using troopers to be able to take down really fast Django bounty hunter teams. And 
I'm going to kind of expand the use of troopers. I, I've recently uh, discovered that troopers are a viable uh, counter for being able to take down Night Sisters, even like really high end Night Sisters. You have to have your mods just specifically right. Uh, it's, it takes a lot of investment to get them to that point, but um, I am decided i've decided to do it because i was already halfway there anyways with stark um stark is as fast as he needs to be already uh, i did put a zeta on him as well just to reduce turn meter so if he goes first then he's also going to push down the turn meter for all of the night sisters that he's facing which is a really huge plus uh, another piece of it is that i got snow trooper from gear 12 plus one all the way up to gear 13 relic three and uh, he went up from like 3,500 offense to now he's over 6,000. So not quite double, but he's getting there. And I'm still going to be putting a bunch of uh, high level mods on him as well, uh, like 6E mods. And I think I have like three different offense uh, primary mods. So his numbers should go up pretty high. I'm also probably going to put one more relic level on him eventually. I don't know if I'll get to it before lock though. Um, other than that, I have nest at gear 13. She's like a relic two. She's someone I'm going to be pushing all the way up to relic seven, just because she's already kind of an obnoxious character. Even at gear 12 plus five, she's obnoxious and hard to take down at gear 13 relic seven she will uh just be <laughs> as obnoxious as possible i'm really excited to see what she does and then eventually i want to get nest's team up so that i can use them as a potential counter for really strong darth revan teams uh, we'll cover that in the future i'm sure but uh the guy who owns the scoundrel discord uh clash he's Got a good team with Kira lead and Nest and all kinds of random stuff. And they are able to beat even the highest level of Darth Revan teams. Like even the Relic 7s all the way around, he still beats them with Nest. So uh, that's in the works. But uh, as far as just preparation for this upcoming Grand Arena, I also have fives at Gear 13. And uh, that's partially because of ships and partially because the more stats you give fives when he dies, the more stats go to Rex and Echo. And so that that's what I'm focusing on. Um, so gear 13 on him. I got Jedi Knight Anakin up to Relic 7. And that is basically because ships, he's needed in ships now. The Negotiator is a uh, fleet. And... Uh, Anakin is really strong at Relic 7 anyways, just on his own. He has a couple teams now that you can use to beat Darth Revan teams, but he needs that Relic 7 to be able to do that. So he's my first Relic 7. My next highest Relic is like Relic 4 on Night Sister Spirit, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Relic strategy in a little bit. So uh, overall, I have been trying to keep down my overall Relic levels. Um, and we'll talk about that strategy for a little bit, but my focus has really been on gear 13, trying to get my squads up. Okay, so let's talk about relics a little bit here. Um, again, I have no idea what Solo had to tell you guys, and I'm sure that he was right in his own way, but um, I definitely have a different take than him on some things, and so I have three different parts that I wanna talk about here. Um, three different aspects, if you will. Uh, one of them is keeping your teams relevant uh, versus high relic characters. And that just means uh, making sure that our teams can still be used to counter other teams uh, that we have been using in the past. Um, second, I want to talk about um, the impact that relics have on our GP and uh, matchmaking. Therefore, um, Finally, I want to talk a little bit about uh, intentionality of targeting specific characters for Relic Level 7, or at least higher level Relics. And um, so let's just start with um, keeping our teams relevant in being able to counter other teams. 
Now, uh, one thing I want to point out right away is relics don't actually add anything other than numbers to certain stats. And some of those stats are a little bit galling. Like we see that Jedi Training Ray is getting uh, like more evasion, which no one likes the evasion meta. And, <laughs> you know, me more than others, I, I hate it. I loathe it. We should never have that. I should never be a thing. The devs need to feel bad if they're considering it because it is bad. It's one of the worst. And, um, you know, other than that, though, like the the stats that they're adding aren't necessarily that uh, overpowering or all-consuming or whatever word you want to use for it. Like, they're just adding things that make them a little more survivable, hit a little harder, you know, each step. And it, it adds up to be quite a bit in some cases. But the thing we need to keep in mind is that they're not adding speed and they're not adding abilities. Now, eventually, who knows? I would not be surprised if they had a drop of revenue and they decided that a way to make a quick buck is to add one extra relic level that only added speed. So if, you know, you're not level relic level eight or nine or whatever we are at at that point, um, you're not getting that like 20 bump in speed or something crazy. Um, so, so that's possible. And the devs have said that they're going to be adding abilities related to relics. So, um, you know, eventually the, what I'm saying here is going to change, but the truth is right now that all they're adding is offense and, uh, you know, offense and survivability. That, that's what you're getting, you know, your ability to hit hard, your ability to take hits. You know, in some cases, they're adding your base stats, so you're able to heal more. But, I mean, they've used the word archetypes a few different times to describe this, and I think that's a great way to think about it. Like, Jolie is annoying now at gear 12 plus 5, and gear 13 at relic 7. He's similarly annoying. He he's just has higher stats. Uh, the things that make him annoying are accentuated. Uh, the same with... You know, General Grievous, he has a high health pool, so he's going to be hitting really hard. Uh, so he's annoying, and now he's even more annoying because he's hitting even harder. Um, the really good the really good characters are all just more annoying uh, <laughs> in terms of trying to find a counter team. And, you know, I, I don't mean annoying in terms of, like, I hate using them, I hate facing them. I do kind of hate facing them in, in certain circumstances just because it adds an element of RNG, which we can talk about that a little bit later because those are might be good targets to get to high relic levels. But uh, in terms of just making sure that um, we're, like, countering these teams, like, nothing else is happening other than them getting a little more damage. So what we need to be focused on right now is making sure that the teams that we have currently in place to beat other teams are going to be able to keep using those. And um, one example I wanted to point out in this is that uh, the other day I saw a Padme team. Now Padme teams are coming back with a vengeance in arena play. Um, you know, they're, they're able to counter, Darth Revan consistently now because Jedi Knight Anakin is being able to just like one shot the entire team. And it's cool to see, you know, it's fun to see all the crazy damage. Uh, Jedi Knight Anakin is suddenly overnight, like one of the best characters in the game, not only because he's good at hitting, but because he's good at ships. And so um, he's got a lot going for him. And so my opponent in arena uh, that I had, that I was in range to hit, he, uh, he was using like relic five and higher on all five of his characters on a Padme team. And Padme is a really strong team. Like I said before, um, and, uh, you know, you can still beat it with Darth Revan, but it can also beat you if you're not careful. And so I decided I wanted to test something like one of the counters that I use for, uh, countering Padme teams that are on defense consistently is uh, my Treya team. My Treya team is relatively strong. It has good mods and it has uh, gear 12 plus 5. In one case, I even have Darth Sion at gear 13, Relic 1, because of an accident that I don't care to explain. And uh, 
you guys can all just imagine and make it worse than it actually is. Uh, was not necessarily the most regrettable thing, though, because I want a little more survivability on that team. But uh, let's move forward. So I was a, I wanted to see if my Darth Treya team could still take on the high le- high relic level Padme team, and uh, you know all of the guys had arena mods, really strong everything. My opponent. Uh, had them all just completely tricked out, you know, six E mods, all, all the whole, the whole gambit. So, um, I wanted to just see how close I was to being able to counter the, uh, this crazy Padme team with Treya because the kits haven't changed. I still have an advantage in terms of kits. Let's see. So I, I went in and just demolished the team with my uh, gear 12 plus five, <laughs> uh, Sith. And, it, it was just like if the Padme squad was gear 12 plus five as well. Like there wasn't a noticeable difference. Like maybe Padme lived a few extra hits. I don't know. Um, the, the fact is my advantage in terms of my kit, my advantage that I had just completely overcame the uh, relic seven boost. And that's just because my, the rules for my squad were, uh, just better than the rules for their squad in terms of, you know, in, in the matchup itself. Now, you want Relic 7 on Jedi Knight Anakin if you're going to be countering uh, Darth Revan, for instance, but that wasn't the case. Like, I, I could still counter Jedi Knight Anakin and his uh, minions and everyone just fine with gear 12 plus 5. And so if you're intent is to use Treya to be able to counter Padme teams, maybe don't even put gear 13 on them yet. Uh, eventually we're going to be racing to try to get Relic 7 on everyone, but right now that's not the place we are in the game. Right now we're trying to make sure that all of our teams get good enough to be able to counter the best possible scenario. So it, another example is my Darth Revan team has a uh, relic two as its highest and a couple of members have relic one uh, and maybe that's a lie maybe sith marauder has like relic three or something just because it's fun to get like two hundred thousand damage on malak or something <laughs> but in terms of being able to uh, counter that team like instantly when, when relics were released instantly a few of the people had relic seven on their characters and so i'm not I'm not trying to brag here, but I've been always been able to beat those guys and I'm still able to beat them even with significantly lower relic levels. And so I've decided not to invest in my current arena team too much on relics. Like it makes them a little more annoying. Yes, but my win rate has not changed. Sometimes I lose, but that's, that just happens in the, uh, in the Revan era. So, uh, you know, what, so we want to just determine how close can we get without actually having to invest a ton. Um, and that's going to be huge. And when we're trying to allocate resources, because it's a limited resource game, unless you're a mega Kraken, in which case, you know, if you're, a, if you're the Kraken on my fleet shard, you have like 75 gear 13s already and a ton of high relic levels. And that's great. Uh, and this podcast is almost certainly not for you. Though maybe it is because you only made really low level bronzium and <laughs> maybe you could stand to learn how to like mod better, play better, whatever. So uh, anyways, there, there's something here in this podcast for everyone is my uh, tertiary point. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm totally getting sidetracked here. So uh, just just be mindful of what characters need those high relic levels because um you know, that brings us to our next point of uh, look at GP and look at the impact GP has on our matchmaking. It's actually pretty big. Um, one relic level, I haven't done the math. I probably should look at it more specifically. Maybe I'll make a video on YouTube about it in a little bit. But I, I have observed that Relic levels add around 900 GP every time you boost them. Um, 
Whereas going up one gear level, like just adding one piece of gear to a character at gear 12, like going from gear 12 plus 5 to the final gear 13 step, adding that finisher only adds around 400, 350, something like that GP. Um, so it's 900 versus you know 300 something. And it's like almost triple the, the amount of GP impact that finishers have. If you add a finisher, it it's significantly less. And so you really can't argue to me that one relic level is worth uh, like three gear 13 finishers uh, or, or even just two or e probably even just one. Like one finisher is going to be way more efficient than adding one relic level. And that, that makes a lot of... Um, impact when we're looking at the total uh, number of GP and, you know, the way the matchmaking algorithm works in Grand Arena right now is they take your top 80 characters GP and they uh, just add them all together. And that's the number you have and that's the number you're paired against. And so when you're putting relics on people, you have to keep in mind, like, it might be cool. Maybe Hermit Yoda is your favorite character ever. Like, I've never heard of that, but maybe that's your thing. And if that's your thing, I'm sorry, but you're destined to be disappointed one way or another. Like, either you're going to be efficient and not put any relics on him yet, or maybe, you know, like Relic 1 or whatever, uh, just because you're gear 13-ing him uh, for the speed. But otherwise, like, Hermit Yoda doesn't gain anything, hardly by putting relics on him and you're putting 900 GP, 900 GP, 900 GP, you get him up to like relic five and he's probably one of your highest GP characters suddenly. And that's used in the matchmaking algorithm. I mean, if you have relic five on Hermit Yoda, that's what, like 4,500 GP, something like that. Just like, just right there. That's like two Zetas worth. Like you're going to be paired against someone with two extra Zetas or paired with someone who has Relic 5 on an actually relevant character like Hermit Yoda's uh, distant relative Grand Master Yoda. Um, really, like, the GP impact is going to be huge. Um, the footprint of these relics is massive. People are getting to well over 6 million GP at this point, and uh, I'm interested to see what the maximum is. Like, I, I'm sure someone has gotten close to it at this point, so... Just something to keep in mind, like the, the footprint on the relics is huge. The footprint on finishers is relatively small and the impact on finishers is way bigger. And so I guess my main point here uh, of this whole discussion is that I think people are focusing on the wrong thing right now. Eventually, our shit focus is going to shift to an arms race on relic levels. And right now it seems like everyone is arms racing on relic levels, and they are, but their focus is misguided, in my opinion. People need to be focusing on gear 13. That's the most efficient route to take. Uh, right now, a, uh, an entire roster full of gear 13 facing off against a roster with a bunch of relic 7s, is probably going to be in better shape. Like you, you want gear 13, that gear 13 piece, that, that finisher is huge. And it gives you access to be able to put relics on the characters that you want relics on. So putting gear 13 on characters is, it's just really important. Um, I know that you can do both. Like I'm farming relic mats right now, uh, in the cantina and I'm farming gear 13 pieces everywhere else. Um, it's not like you can't have both, but you need to be looking at specific characters to put relics on. Um, just putting a lot of relic levels on a bunch of different guys is not efficient and it's not going to serve you well, just because it's going to get you harder matchups. Like, uh, well, let, let's move on to the, the final point that I have here now. So uh, intentionally targeting relic seven on characters and, um, uh, so you you see uh, all over the place, I'm sure, like 
Padme teams are just being boosted to crazy high levels because people really want that squad to be able to beat Darth Revan because Darth Revan is so annoying and it's been the meta for like six months or to hear Reddit. It's like, it's never, it's been just like one Revan blur forever. And there's no difference between Jedi Revan and Darth Revan. And uh, if you're on Reddit and you post all there uh, all the time, thank you for listening. Please keep listening. I don't actually hate you. Um, but the the rhetoric that that we hear is, you know, Darth Revan is awful. We're sick of this meta. We want a new one. And I get that. I want a new one. I want new characters. I want all the, the same things that you guys do, I think. But the thing we want to keep in mind is um, just because you hate the Revan meta and you want to have a really great arena team doesn't necessarily mean it's wise to put Relic 5 on C-3PO. Like, what does that get you, really? Like, maybe it's wise. Maybe you really want Commander Luke to be Relic 7, and you want 3PO to be on his team so that, you know, and have higher hit points than Commander Luke, uh, you know, so that you can get the guard from Chewie or something. It, you know, maybe there's a purpose for it, but in a lot of cases, people are putting Relic levels on characters just a- almost out of, like, rage uh, of against a certain situation, like... Or, or they're they're like, man, I just really love me some clones. I just really want them to do all the damage, and maybe that's warranted. Or maybe Shock T doesn't need to be Relic Seven. I, I mean, maybe she does. But what we need to look at is uh, like my my Jedi Anakin at Relic Seven. He's my only Relic Seven character. He is right now with the Zeta and without hardly. I think he has half of his six E mods. He is my highest GP character on my entire roster. And he's right next to Darth Revan with all six E mods and three Zetas. And, you know, he's completely maxed out. He's only Relic 2, though. And so Jedi Anakin just completely dwarfs him, even though he's only got one Zeta. Like, if you're putting Relic 7 on characters, do it because they have a huge impact. Jedi Anakin is great, not only because he has a good ship, but he one-shots the entire Revan team in certain circumstances, and that's why I've done it, because you want, you need Relic 7 to be able to do that on Anakin. So that's a wise investment. Putting Relic 7 on someone like Hermit Yoda, like I said, where there's no impact, is only going to impact your matchmaking poorly. Uh, putting high Relic levels on... Uh, Night Sister Spirit, for instance, she starts getting to some obscene levels of damage and she starts one-shotting people. Relic 7 target is great for her. Uh, Nest is another great target for gear or for Relic 7. Nest was already annoying. Nest is annoying at three stars. Uh, you know, maybe you can one-shot her at that low level. I don't know. But once you hit uh, gear 12 plus 5, like mine was until just recently, she even gear 12 plus five, like she just doesn't die easily. Like you have to have a specific team in order to be able to counter that. And relic seven eliminates even more of those teams. Like you want to be able to uh, target these annoying characters, these characters who are going to uh, beat your opponent just because their stats get higher not a lot of characters actually rely on stats like you rely on kits. And so really what you're going to be, want to be targeting are people who have characters who have high uh, damage or characters who have really, really hard to kill kits already and uh, that their relics accentuate that, um, you know, people are kind of scoffing. I want to get my, um, I want to get my B1 battle droid up to, relic seven eventually and it's like well he doesn't crit he like a ton of the things on the relic is wasted all of his health all of his you know all the different stats except for just raw damage and it's like well yeah i get that i get that like you're wasting stats and everything but he's doing a huge amount of damage at relic seven and you know just one shot every turn like that that's that's nothing really if he's only getting damage every turn, but he's getting damage every single time any separatist takes a turn. And so it's hard to ignore that. Like he's an impact character. So my point here is we want to be killing or we want to be targeting characters for specific stat gains and specific 
uh, impacts that they're making. We don't want to just be like, oh, I like all night sisters. I'm going to just increase their relic levels to a really high point because after a certain point, it's like, does zombie actually help to have way more hit points? Like in some cases, yes. And in some cases, people are just like, well, zombie has 8 million hit points. I'm just going to have to bypass that somehow. I'm going to use fracture. I'm going to use uh, isolate. I'm going to use you know, any number of other things, uh, you know, Jedi Revan to be able to just mark the person they want to hit, uh, you know, use Ahsoka to dispel every time. Um, there's a ton of different ways to get around zombie. Like, why would you put zombies relic level super high? Maybe she'll get a new ability at relic eight or something, or maybe she'll get a ton. She'll get, uh, you know, speed at relic nine or something like that, that necessitates all the other relic levels. But right now, none of that is the case. Like zombie at relic two or one is probably going to be pretty similar to zombie at relic seven, frankly, like unkillable at, at the lower level, at the lower end, super unkillable at the higher end. Like it, it doesn't make sense that, that people are making zombie a higher relic level. Like, Asajj at a higher relic level, uh, Spirit, Talzin, those guys are great, wonderful targets because they're doing huge amounts of damage. Uh, you know, even Daka is good at seven because of how resilient she is, and she can actually die. But Zombie, probably wasted points, you know, and I, I think my Zombie is actually relic too, so I think I've, I've wasted some points there too. Uh, my point is just target specific characters, and I know I've harped on that for a while. Um, it's, it's, something that's important though and so i guess the the tldr version of all of this is uh year 13 right now in this moment is more important than uh relic levels it focus on gear 13 if you're going to spend money spend it on gear 13. Uh, i've done it if i'm wrong then i apologize but i i think that you want to focus on gear right now once we hit uh the point that everyone has gear 13 on all their characters, then start going for relics. And for right now, with relics, target specific characters. Target your characters that are going to make an impact. Does Padme really need five relic levels? Maybe. But look at it. Think about it. Look at the stats that she's gaining. Does C-3PO need them? Probably not. Uh, you know, does Ahsoka? It just, just keep an eye on that. Um, relics do impact ships, so that's another reason you might want to target the relic levels early. I don't know, but it bears thinking about. And that's my take on relics right now. All right, so enough on my take on relics and how you should really be focusing on gear 13. And uh, the final portion of this, of my segment, is going to be talking about uh, the podcast question for from Discord, and we have a question from uh, Goat Roper. His question, or her question, is, uh, I would like to hear about one team each that you like to surprise your opponent with and how you mod slash place said team. Mine is Poggle, B1, K2SO, L337, and Imperial Probe Droid, or B2. Uh, and so that wasn't really a question. It was a statement and, uh, we're calling it a question anyways. And my reaction is first that that's a really surprising team. He's right. That's, uh, it's a team that is not going to necessarily, um, do really well against meta teams, but it could definitely surprise certain teams. Uh, you know, if you decide, oh yeah, sure. I'll just throw like my gear 11 Ewoks at it. Cause it looks non-threatening it may end up surprising some people and um you know that's a good point you can't really count on teams like that but uh, it is a good strategy to kind of throw things that people aren't necessarily um going to be prepared for uh, mentally and so that they underestimate you or they throw the wrong counter team out there you know if you're not flexible mentally uh with these things with all you know the theory craft involved you can end up really stubbing your toe on these teams and you're, you're like really like poggle lead and i lost and it's it's not great so um i don't necessarily have a lot of trick teams personally um you know, my closest to that would probably be something like I have the Dooku lead with uh, Wampa and Droidica 
and turret and bays, and it's a counter team. So when people hit it, they hit back. It has a few different threats in Wampa and Droidica, and Dooku can cause some mayhem. There's taunting involved. There's a lot of elements to that team. And I hadn't actually, haven't actually gotten a defense with it yet, but I also haven't noticed a time that someone has gotten full points against it. Like they always take a couple points. Uh, and so I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going to run that team. I'm pretty sure I'm not actually in my next uh, upcoming season. So um, I, I wouldn't say that that's a team that I do run. One thing that I will say though, that, is just kind of a fundamental strategy for me is I usually target one team that opponents always have on offense and the teams that they always have on offense. I, I try to look at what, what they counter. And then I put a lot of teams in on defense that they're going to uh, struggle to use that one team for. So in this case, I have targeted Darth Treya. Um, Treya is one of the most in-demand characters to be able to counter things. And um, what a lot of people do these days is just throw Treya at Geonosians the very second you see them, because it's an easy, obvious, hard counter. Like, you're always going to win with Treya, assuming your gear is somewhat equal. And it's just like this great, awesome counter. I mean, it's really fun. What's not to love about you not taking a turn and the opponent's team just melting anyways. Like it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, that's a similar thing to like, if you have Jawas being attacked by Geonosians, your Jawas like barely get a turn and the Geonosians melt. Um, you know, and it's probably more satisfying, frankly, to use Jawas against Geonosians, but, um, if we're looking at in terms of like effectiveness, Trey is going to get a decent number of banners usually against a Geonosian team. So people always throw Treya at them. So I always put Geonosians up front and behind them, one of the teams that Treya teams counter really well is uh, clones. And I throw my clone team on uh, in there behind the Geonosians. And so it's not that there aren't other counters to clones. There absolutely are. And often enough, my clones get zero defenses. However, what I'm trying to do is really limit what my opponent choices are. Like I'm trying to strain the number of uh, teams that they can use. Like once they take out the Geonosians, no problem. Like even if they get full banners, that's fine. The fact is that then Treya is not available anymore to be able to counter my clones. And so when they get to my back zone, it's like, okay, they have clones they have to beat. They have to beat a fast uh, Jango Bounty Hunter team. They have to beat uh, Grievous and Night Sisters. And Treya can be used to beat all of those. Uh, Treya is not necessarily great against Grievous anymore, uh, but in a pinch, she can at the very least be used to take out B1. Uh, you can always take out B1 with Treya just because B1 always assists. And, uh, you know, if, if you have a really well-built Treya team, you can actually withstand the barrage from General Grievous in certain circumstances. And so, um, you know, Treya is also used as a common counter for Night Sisters, And uh, she's also used as a common counter against Nest teams, which I have in a different zone as well. And so my goal is to just kind of try to overload my opponent's uh, ability to make decisions. And if they bring enough offensive teams, like they're going to be able to one shot all of my teams, most likely just because of, uh, just because of how many strong teams there are on offense. And I don't leave a huge number of really strong squads on defense, but I'm also not, uh, I'm also just making things a little more difficult for them to make decisions well. And I mean, that's, that's always been my goal. Like trip them up, try to make them uh, spend a team that, you know, is maybe a good counter team, but it doesn't necessarily get full banners. Um, I think one thing I really want to focus on soon is just eliminating certain teams to be able to use as counters. Like what if, I took eight teams that Treya 
could not counter. She couldn't beat eight different teams. And I, I don't think that's actually possible for Treya specifically, but I mean, maybe it's possible against like Commander Luke or against, I don't know, uh, insert team here, like Imperial Troopers. Maybe Imperial Troopers can't be used in a certain matchup and your opponent always counts on you being able to use Imperial Troopers. Like if you could eliminate that team from being able to be used at all, that would be a win, wouldn't it? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just uh, just spouting things out loud. I'm, I'm thinking about it. It's certainly worth investigating, in my opinion. So um, anyways, my segment has actually lasted significantly longer than Solo's. So if you've lasted this long, thank you for listening. And uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. And uh, just remember, guys, Solo's sign-off is uh, Solo is always right. And I think that's accurate, uh, which is why he doesn't ever pick fights with me. Because remember that in all things, Zareth prevails. And Solo knows that if he picks a fight with me, someone's going to prevail. And if that person is me, I'll let you do the math. All right, guys. I'll see you next time. Hopefully next time I'll actually be able to be interacting with Solo instead of talking crap at him um, across the country. So um, really appreciate you listening.